You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup B, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! Hey, thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Two and Out CFL podcast with Travis Curra and Brazilian Thai. Man, I'm fresh off after a night at the Calgary Stampede. A foot-long bacon-wrapped pizza hot dog. I mean... Oh, baby. It was I good, mean, too. That is better than, that's better than everything they mentioned on the halftime panel. What did the they Winnipeg mention? the Winnipeg-Ottawa game. Well, they mentioned, like, the Texas barbecue versus... Poutine. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Which I mean, poutine's gross anyway, and <laughs> I would I would take I would take fair food over barbecue any day of the week. Yeah, that stampede midway was wow. What? <laughs> and especially after after the weather they got. Yeah. So I didn't know what happened with well, yeah, the weather. You were you were in the worst building in professional sports. <laughs> the, the marathon wrestling show at, at the Saddle Dome, and I come out and everything's soaking wet, and then I saw the pictures of the Chucks. Oh, man. Well, so Chance Vegan got absolutely screwed this year. So he goes six of six at Pinocchio, wins all six-day monies and the dash. Ross Knight goes out last night. He's back by three, just under four seconds to get to the dash for cash for tonight. Yeah. He goes out in heat four. Skies open up. Chance Vegan's in heat nine. Oh, no. He's four seconds slower than Ross Knight. Wow. And that piece of crap from St. Wahlberg gets into the dash <laughs> instead of Chance Vegan. So it's so we're we're cheering for Kurt tonight. We're cheering for the Duke of Dewberry. <laughs> the Duke of Dewberry. Uh yeah. the Calgary Stampede Chuck Wagons, man, the greatest outdoor show on earth. And hey, it's a hundred years of Chucks. One hundred years. Well, it's really only ninety it should only be ninety eight. Oh. Because they yeah. missed two years. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it is the hundredth. It it's nineteen twenty three. Right. Cool. Cool. Now, week six in the CFL. <laughs> this, is, this is insane. Like, we could actually probably do 45 minutes on each game if we wanted to, but let's try to get through this the best we can. Hamilton beats Edmonton 37-29. So the Elks have a 20-game home losing streak. Uh, <laughs> and then throw and then have a chance to have a chance to win and then just throw yes. the toaster in the bathtub. <laughs> and and that's the thing. And look, I think we both agree. And look, the Elks have very young players. They have inexperienced players, but they've also got talent and they've got the horses to win. But I think what's holding them back is some of these just implosions. Like even the defense, you look against Saskatchewan, they, they, they hold them all game and then they implode at the end. Look, Credit to Trevor really Harris. Explosion. Yeah, like, I they mean, gave it's up one touchdown. Points. It's one touchdown and terrible coaching. They gave up 12 points. It's like they'll, they'll be consistent, 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 and they just give up the big play. And I think that's what happened mm-hmm. here uh, against Hamilton, the defense anyway. The offense was playing much better, and they themselves, with Taylor Cornelius, has implosions of themselves. Like, it is – Absolutely wild. So the Elks are leading 
and, and then it all kind of changed when they had a chance to go up 10 nothing, And Taylor Cornelius hits Maurice French right in the chest. And the ball hits the ground. So while Cornelius may not be the most accurate quarterback in the league, there are lots of instances in this game and throughout the season where he's not getting much help, man. No, and, you know, that, that comes with experience too. Like on yeah. the receivers end of the football, where you have you can't catch you don't want to catch the ball with your body because you don't want it bouncing around. You want to catch it out front with your hands. It's it's just one of those things where guys, I don't know if they get. I wouldn't. It's not comfortable. It, it's like it's almost like gripping the stick too tight in hockey or squeezing the bat too tight. It's they're they're just not. It, it, they just haven't had the reps. They're not. They don't have the experience. They don't have that clutch. Like they haven't been in those situations yet, and that'll come. It's just how long, yeah. How long of a leash are these guys going to have before Chris Jones just cuts bait and finds somebody else? Well, I guess that's the thing. How, how long of a leash does the team have? Because it's into territory where it's record-setting losing, it's literally streaks. tied. Yes, like world record professional like, sports. Does Baltimore need another football team because they could move to Baltimore, <laughs> much like Cleveland did? Well, and that's the thing. Like they tied a baseball team. They they got a From 75, 75 home games in a year. Back then I think they played 154. 154. Yeah. So it's a little bit easier to lose twenty in a row. <laughs> Not really though. <laughs> well, this one stretches to October of twenty nineteen. So we're yeah. we're coming up on four years. Since a win, one on of a, those years without football, yeah, like yes, yeah, yeah, I know, but but even if still, it was three four years, years since they've seen it, yeah, that doesn't make it much better. It's brutal. So Cornelius hits French in the chest, and then Cornelius gets sacked, and they kick the field goal. So they're up six nothing instead of ten or nine or whatever. And speaking of that sack, been one coming into this week there was only one drive that resulted in a touchdown after a quarterback sack out of like over 90. Yeah. Which is I actually guess shows you just how much it kills a drive. I'd like to see maybe even the stats. Like if you take a holding penalty on a drive, like mm-hmm. how many of those get, but you're not losing the touchdowns. down though too. Right. So that's it's, true. It'd be a little bit that's different. Yeah, that's li- I'm sure it'd be a little bit better, but yeah, I don't know how much better. Yeah. Now I have here. <laughs> Well, then here comes the implosion from the Elks' defense, right? Uh, Matt Schiltz completes a pass to Tim White for 54 yards, Mm -hmm. and then they also get the roughing the passer penalty on that play, too. Next play, it is touchdown James Butler, and the uh, Ticats take the lead 7-6, and it just gets bad to worse for the Elks. They, They continue to have some success moving the ball, well, and then he throws the ball a little bit behind Stephen Dunbar. But here's the thing. If if Dunbar doesn't get his hands on it, it probably doesn't get picked. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, at that point, like it, it's hard as for a receiver to knock a ball down. Yeah. Kind of, it's a tough wanted, catch he, to make. And, and he didn't tip it didn't tip up. Right. Right? Like unlike Glenn Suter said it did. Like it, it went down, but still. Like, slowed it down. And- it slowed it down. It went right to the defender. Like it was just, everything just lined up perfectly in that moment. Yeah. So then the the Ticats take advantage of that and they uh, take a 10-6 lead. But Edmonton comes out in the third quarter 
and it looks like they're back on the horse. They have that big touchdown, 54 yards to Kyron Moore. Uh, what mm-hmm. a great speedy play he made. And this is where <laughs> things just completely fall apart for the Elks because the Ticats end up scoring 24 unanswered points. The They just couldn't respond after that touchdown. The defense mm-hmm. couldn't keep up the momentum, and Matt Schiltz takes the team the length of the field, and he ends up uh, finishing the drive with a four-yard touchdown of his own. And then the very next drive, <laughs> to quote Dustin Nielsen, what oh is God. happening? If like, you were wondering <laughs> if... Taylor Cornelius could throw with his left hand. He can't. And that's it. They're down by three. Yeah. And he's... Very much in it. Yes. He gets <laughs> sacked, and in the process of getting sacked, he switches... Well, he switches. doesn't get sacked, though. Well, that's true. He, he switches. <laughs> he wishes he got sacked. Yep. He, he switches to his left hand. Throws the ball, Katsatonis takes it to the house, and now what a name! Great name. Suddenly the Thai Cats are up eleven. Thai. Yeah, <laughs> it's Dustin Nielsen. The last two weeks He's has gotten great. the has gotten the best games to call because they're just <laughs> absolute <laughs> shows. And then the Elks stall here. They. they Suddenly, the success they were having—it's like that one play, just—and I deflated them, like I it just killed them. Can't blame them either. Yeah. And and I, Cornelius, how much confidence can this kid have after getting pulled in a game, and then doesn't get to start the next one? Then he's put back in, and then he gets pulled here in this game. It's like you're either letting him work through this, or like your season's done. Yeah, you, you're not. Yeah. You're zero five or zero six. Sorry, or no, zero five. Had a buy, yeah. It your season's over. Just let him go through it and see what he is, and and if it's not it, find somebody else, right? Or find somebody now and go with that, yeah. But just flipping back and forth, all you're doing is ruining him, ruining his confidence and and possibly his career because it's going to be ruined if he goes somewhere else, and or he might not even get a chance to go somewhere. Yeah, else. yeah, that's true. They, Which I mean, could be Chris Jones's plan too. Like, if he ain't gonna play for us, he ain't playing for anybody. So, so he'll come back and bite him in the ass. And Chris Jones does seem that petty. <laughs> the next score ended up being a tie Cats uh, field goal, and then we got a drive here from the Elks that uh, ended up uh, losing thirty-one yards. Uh, that did not <laughs> result in penalties and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then the very next drive. Matthew Schiltz gets hurt, and it, it didn't look good. No. Uh, at least the pain he was in, and uh, which is now the Thai Cats down to their third option at quarterback. But that didn't slow him down because Taylor Powell ends up hitting Tim White for a 17 yard touchdown, a beautiful throw of his own. Mm-hmm. So it's like that the, the Elks couldn't even take advantage of that like i i don't want yeah. to say that you go take advantage of the you know backup quarterback but they give up a 17 yard touchdown he's a he's the third stringer for a reason so and a backup in this game for a reason new to the CFL maybe the Tigers yeah. are okay with Taylor Powell <laughs> yeah but here's the like I love how you didn't even say a word that you just wheezed through <laughs> The last half of a sentence. But you knew what I meant. <laughs> I, yeah, I knew exactly. I picked it up. I got it. Like I was com- I'm combating what you're swathing. 
And so at this point, the Elks are down 21 touchdowns or 21, 21 points. Sorry. I mean, um, they might be down 21 touchdowns might be. point differential in the year. But I, I feel like there needs to be some credit. They didn't fold. Like it, they could have just packed it up. Mm-hmm. And and maybe the Ticats did. But Seth, like, Gage, are you worried if you're the if you're the Ticats at Edmonton's coming back? Well, the same thing kind of happened for them against Ottawa, right? Mm-hmm. They, it wasn't really an inspiring win. <laughs> no. Jared Dagey comes in. The guy's a warrior. He got smashed a few times, and kind of like against Toronto, where mm-hmm. he just f- brings the Elks back into the game. The very next drive, it's a Kevin Brown touchdown. And uh, the, the Ticats do catch, or yeah, they score another field goal after that. But Daggy ends up leading them down the field again. They score a touchdown, an eight-play, 88-yard drive with a minute to go. Didn't 30, throw a pick. Yeah, 37-25 Hamilton. They recover the onside kick. Take a <laughs> dumb penalty. Yeah, yeah. That's the theme for the season, too, that unnecessary roughness that uh, mm-hmm. Morgan ended up taking there and kicked out of the game. And kicked out. Uh, so then it's 37-29. They can't get the onside kick again. Um, but, man, it's just those implosions. Like, the Elks kind of hang around, and it's just this spectacular comedy of errors somehow mm-hmm. that combine to make things look terrible. They are the Durham Bulls. They are the Keystone Cops. <laughs> they are the Charleston Chiefs. Like, we saw it with Chicago years ago. You got to learn how to lose before you can learn how to win. And they, they they lost, I think, two straight West Finals, and they ended up going winning the Cup the next year. At some point, you learn how to lose, you get real good at it. Mm-hmm. And, and you never learn how to win. And that just seems like what the Elks are doing right now. Like they're just, they're so good at shooting themselves in the foot and choking away games that they have had chances to win that they just don't know how to turn it around when they have a chance to, to win a football game. So you look at the Ticats penalties and you think, ooh, 10 for 104. And that's but, not even the worst of the week. Well, you look at Edmonton's, 13 for 179 yards. Yeah, that's the worst of the week. <laughs> 281 yards, 282 yards in penalties. 83 yards. I got it wrong twice in this game. Like, what is happening? And you feel bad. Like, mm. I, I, I just <laughs> think it's it, it's become a spectacle now. It's like, really? Can, can they lose another home game? I, I never want them to win a home game again. Like, just, <laughs> just for the comedic value of it. It's kind of crazy how there was a lot of... I found there was a lot of chatter and buzz going into this game. It's like, will Edmonton tie the pro sport? And people are... And I know there wasn't many people in the stands at this point. I don't blame them. Are we going to blame people for not going to watch that? No. No. Like, what are you going to do? They haven't won a home game since before the world changed. (laughs) This is crazy. So I think it's a big picture conversation for the Elks now. But it it was reported. interview changed everything exactly it was reported that jones was on four sort of one-year deals four-year deal with 
options. Yes. At the end of each year. But all of a sudden, this <laughs> the Quee <laughs> post game interview says, no, it's a four year deal. And if we fire him now. That's the second worst, third worst contract in Edmonton history. They're paying him for two and a half more years. But here's the thing. This year, they're still paying Brock Sunderland. Mm -hmm. So even if there was no coach's cap, do they want to be paying three guys at once? They don't have an owner. Like they have a board to answer to, which makes it even harder for a community-owned team. Yeah. to, To fork over that much cash. It'd be different if, you know, this was the year after winning a great cup. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it'd be okay, well the 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 chatter wouldn't be there. You have that grace period, but it's it's been since twenty fifteen. And it's just it hasn't been great. And it's now it's just, get, it's become it's it's gonna end up being scorched earth at some point. And I, I don't know what you do that you at this point you have to let Chris Jones finish out this contract. I think so too. And well, here's the thing. Taylor Cornelius has 100K in guaranteed money in 2024, Ty. Mm-hmm. It's only 100K, though. Like, that's... It's not my rally money. <laughs> and they were so worried, I think, that uh, he was going to get poached by the XFL and they would have nobody going into uh, mm-hmm. this year and next season. and They would have had to bring Arbuckle back or something. He got four wins in his career all on the road, I know. but Which, I mean, those aren't easy wins to come by. No, they're not. On the road, especially. No, they absolutely aren't. So even the protection in this game was better from the offensive line. Like, it just was. Kevin Brown had over seven yards of carry. Like, I don't know what they do, right? It just feels like they're being forced to stay the course. And I I realize Mm -hmm. the coach's cap has its flaws, but it's not all to blame here. Cause like I said, the Elks don't want to be, they wouldn't want to be forking that much money over for guys that aren't there anymore. Exactly. Exactly. I, it is a sad, sad situation in in the NFL. They don't care. Cause it, it, they have the license to print money, Yeah, but this isn't, this isn't that. Yeah. But now we look at the schedule (laughs) <laughs> and look, there are 12 games to go for the Elks. I know yeah. that. Like, it, it's it's free money. Like, it is free money to take them to lose every week. Although. <laughs> Until they. Oh, man. The Red Blacks down 16 to the Bombers inside three minutes. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> so so maybe <laughs> the Bombers are not. <laughs> Don't a lock. Okay, they're a lock to beat Edmonton in Edmonton. Yeah, but <laughs> anything, they, go, anything could happen at they IG, host IG the Field. Elks at IG Field this week. But then the next two games: BC in Edmonton, and then Winnipeg in Edmonton. They might get one. They might, but <laughs> if they don't, I, I think they're going to beat the Riders September fifteenth. Uh, yeah, to, because that that's your typical late season riders af, coming off Labor Day in the Banjo Bowl, beat yeah. up, tired, either out of it or in a playoff, like fighting for a playoff spot, but haven't really clinched anything, playing down the level of their opponent, losing by a late field goal. Yeah, like I don't think that they are going to go 0-18, but 
I'm looking at it now. Like, when are they going to win a home game? Yeah. So BC comes to town. Winnipeg comes to town, and then it's Ottawa. When, I mean, when I think Winnipeg. I don't know. Winnipeg is obviously beat a man. Winnipeg might be the bet. <laughs> like, imagine that celebration. Imagine oh, that man. celebration. Uh, congrats to the Ty Cats. Like the an win. old Avco Cup. Yeah, <laughs> I think now we're going to probably be paying attention to, we'll see what Taylor Powell does, uh, Eastern Michigan. I think there were three guys from that school in this game. Um, he only had four attempted passes. One of them was a beautiful touchdown pass. But look at James Butler, 14 mm-hmm. carries, 127 yards, over nine yards a carry. There's another reason why the Elks lost. Uh, rushing touchdown three yeah. catches for 40 yards like he was yeah. all over the place getting Tyreek McAllister involved to the uh, Ty Cats for a second week in a row three carries mm-hmm. 14 yards he also had uh, a catch for 35 yards involved in the return game as well uh they're leading get points for that yeah which is <laughs> Dumb. Yeah, we'll get to that. Terry Godwin, <laughs> uh, four catches, 61 yards, but Tim White, 71 yards on two catches and a touchdown. If you look at the offensive guys for the Elks, I mean, Maurice French, 70 yards. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, 68 yards. Steven Dunbar, 72 yards, a touchdown. Kyron Moore, a 100 yard, one yard game with a touchdown. So they. They had some offensive success. They didn't fold, and I think there's credit to them there. Jones is somehow, it, sometimes they'll look deflated, but maybe it's the fire. There was a roughing the passer called on Edmonton that really, I think mm-hmm. the D lineman kind of, it's football, falling with his weight on the quarterback. I, that, it, it's it, it's the whole driving him into the ground, landing yeah, on him with all yeah. your entire body weight because he can do a lot of damage. It, they brought that rule in because yeah. guy like they would wrap tackle, make that part good, and then just make sure to fall on them. And, and right. a lot of guys you can get you can, and especially if an arm gets trapped or trapped like up like this, like on a throwing like that that can cause a lot of damage. And, and it's been since 2019, I think this rule has yeah. been there. Like there's no reason that guy should still be doing it. And QBs, if they want to make the proper throws, they're pretty vulnerable to uh, mm-hmm. stuff like this. So the Ticats leave Edmonton with a win, and the Elks continue to search for answers as they have already returned to practice. Uh, Geno Lewis was running around out there, so, I mean, that is pretty good to see there. And then things get real uh, exciting, because after that game, it was all doom and gloom. And, And I think this is the craziest thing about the Canadian Football League. How many great cups... Uh, since we started this show in 2015, go into the game with so much negativity. Uh, the league's struggling. Nobody's watching all this garbage. And then the Great Cup ends up being this insane game. Block kicks left and right. Returns left and right. The weather's bad. There's still a hundred and some yard fumble return. Like <laughs> 2015 was a one point game. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then all of a sudden we're like. like the, the only real blowout has yes. been Winnipeg in Calgary. Against yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like this, and there was a great story there because the Bombers hadn't won in almost yeah. 30 years. The neither are the Thai Cats. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> the thing that saves the CFL is the game. It's yeah. nothing else around it. It's the game. And we're struggling finding quarterbacks. I know that. But then we have these next three games in week six, 
And it's like, it's almost anybody you put into the CFL game can create exciting moments on Mm -hmm. the field that create memories, you know, for the rest of the year. And what a show I think the Argos and the Alouettes put on. There were plays on offense. There were plays on defense. These are two physical teams uh, beating each other up. And even Cody Fajardo looked really good in this one. But I, I, I guess... The resurgence of DeVars Daniels. Man, that touchdown... He caught, or was he down at the one? He might have been uh, down at the one. Early in the game, takes a massive hit, hangs onto the ball. Like, I, I guess props to Chad Kelly. He had a really bad interception in this one. I think uh, it was Marc Antoine DeCroix, yeah. who, by the way, was, I'm a fan of this guy. Yeah, it, it wasn't a great decision, no. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's the hair. I don't know if he caught later in the game. Oh. It was a short punt. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I better catch the ball. He catches it, gets the no yards, and that's a free mm-hmm. 15 yards for uh, his Alouettes. But uh, I think Chad Kelly, he's he's thrown across his body, and it was the easy interception. Pulling a Jim McMahon. But I will admit, I was a pretty big doubter of Chad Kelly going into this year. I, I, I was, and I knew that they would be 4 <laughs> Okay, for the first time, the Argos are 1983. And my buddy Ian is a big BC Lions fan, which I find. Which, That's a guy which that is sits awesome. behind us with the balloons. Yes, yes. And then he just lets them go. <laughs> we were doing it at the uh, Riders Stabs game. Oh, <laughs> people were loving people it. off. <laughs> it's the first time since '83 that the Argos are four and zero, and Ian. Ian texting in. He said it was his first (laughs) Grey Cup game. The Argos beating the Lions 18-17. He says he doesn't believe he's recovered from that Grey Cup 40 years. That checks out. (laughs) He is a damaged man. (laughs) Poor Ian. Sorry about that tough loss in 83. So when they came up with that 3-0 stat, it was 1991, won a Grey Cup. 4-0, 1983, won the Grey Cup. Man. Like, how far back do we got to go for 5-0? and <laughs> Like, does Chad Kelly finish last year's Grey Cup and just pick up where he left off all the way to November? Like, this is... And some of the throws he's making... Cloudy 2.0. <laughs> he actually looks like there's zero effort. Like, he, yeah. he flicks the wrist, and it's a 57... Like Patrick Mahomes. It's like, what is going on yeah. with this guy? Yeah. It's impressive to watch. It, it looks like, on the other hand, when Montreal makes plays, there's a little bit more effort. <laughs> there's a, there's a, yeah, it's like they have to. It's like they have to. They've really got to put a hundred percent in because if they don't. They're not making anything happen. Like because they, they're still unable to get William Stan back going. I, he had four. This, this was the best. This was the best game he's had. Yeah, and they tried. They, they like they really tried to establish the run, and I, I know we kind of harp on it. Why give up with the run? But this one, it just really wasn't happening. And kind of uh, like, kind of like Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twelve carries, fifty-three yards for William Stanback. But and I think this is what we saw from Jason Moss uh, in Saskatchewan. But maybe it's drawn up differently, or the Alouettes receivers are just a lot better at it those little screens off to the sideline they, they kind of treat that as their running game but when mm-hmm. those receivers catch it 
in stride. They're already at full speed, and they turn up the field really fast. Those Alouettes receivers are good when they get the ball in their hands, so that kind of becomes their running game in this one. Yeah, like an extension. It's almost like a stretch play. Um, The one thing that I don't like about it, though, is that you can do it too much. Yeah. And and we've seen it. Yeah. Like, it was a 2018 Labor Day. You knew that play coming out of the huddle. You saw the DB line up and press coverage, jump it, pick yeah. six. Right. Teams are going to start to recognize it the more and more they do it. Mm-hmm. But if you can if you can get guys in motion and throw it different areas, different spots, different depths, like you know, just over the line of scrimmage, behind stuff like that, and change it up enough, then you could have success with it. But like, it just sucks that you have one of the best running backs and you just can't use them. Yeah. Yeah. And it hurts the fantasy game too. It does. It does. Uh, It's clear the Argos defensive strategy in this one was to focus on number 81, Austin Mack. Which is fair. And he's, what a battle it was to watch all game between him and Jamal Peters. Peters Mm -hmm. ended up taking a penalty and they they were all over Mack and he still got himself seven catches for 70 yards and had himself a pretty good game. All things considered, uh, he did uh, a deep play got broken up and also the touchdown Mm -hmm. got broken up uh, from Austin Mack. He could have had a lot better game, but the Alouettes definitely played that into their hands by hitting Tyler Sneed for three touchdowns. Not once, <laughs> not twice, but thrice. Including one where it was 2013 Argos. Cody Fichardo breaks off two tackles, hits him in the, like that I, isn't. <laughs> he, I thought the game, I thought he was sacked. I thought the game was over. Oh yeah. Yeah. So these, I, yeah. I had Argos minus six. So I was Ooh. sweating this one out. <laughs> so I mean, the first half it, it was it was a good game to watch. It was a physical game to watch. Uh, it was ten uh, seven Alouettes at halftime, but then the the Argos had themselves a good third quarter, outscoring the Alouettes thirteen to three. And then the fourth quarter, it's like both QBs just turn things on. And what an entertaining end to that game mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> in in Montreal. Like, those fans were treated to a pretty darn uh, good game there. And great quarterback play. Cody Fajardo, he's he's looking good. I mean, he got sacked, what, another seven times? Four. Oh, yeah, only yeah only four seven times. Was the, seven was the Ryder game. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> he he got four for twenty one, but he's on uh, on pace for ninety three point six now. So they they have improved. <laughs> they have improved the pace uh, for the sacks there. I think what was really surprising me about Toronto, and there was also a matchup that Toronto was exploding. Uh, Ento for the Alouettes. It's like wherever he was on the field, that's where the Argos were going to go with their big plays. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Ento got burned a lot in this one. Alouette fans noticing that He's uh, the East from him. Nick Marshall. Yeah, he was biting on some plays, and Argos are going over the top, and it's a big play the other way. So there, there were some matchups both teams were exploiting in uh, this one. Yeah, at the end of the game there, it's 27-27. 
would you look at that? Chad Kelly <laughs> takes them the other way. And David Ungerer, who you thought you had in your lineup. I was, I was so pumped. <laughs> when he caught that, when he caught that touchdown, I'm like, I am going to break 100 points for the first time this year. I'm going to shove it in Kerr's face. <laughs> hey, I got it. I'm back, baby. And I look, and I have Mark and Michelle. Oh, and I, I was just beside. I was distraught, but I had the Argos minus six. I needed them okay. to score that touchdown. Oh, and I didn't even mention Demonte Coxie. Coxie, uh, four catches, 72 yards, and the touchdown that put mm-hmm. them ahead uh, in the fourth quarter. <laughs> For for one one time anyway. Yeah, for one time. <laughs> I think it was the twenty seven twenty score. Yeah. The uh, the outstretched arm bringing that ball in. Oh my god! Oh, you get come off it. <laughs> that that play was ridiculous. It was well, and he also made a great catch early in the game mm-hmm. too. Uh, so that was incredible. But if you look at how many times Ento was in coverage on this thing. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, it's not a great look. That's not a film you want to be sending around when you become a free agent. <laughs> uh, BD ends up missing a field goal, so the the Owls did have a chance here, uh, but Cody Fajardo does get uh, intercepted. That was what the hail mary at the very end of the game. Like the, his first interception was like in the first quarter. Yeah, pretty in, inconse- inconsequential. Consequential. Yeah, yeah. And then this one, you don't have an option. You have to go for the end zone. It's the last play of the game, so it, mm-hmm. it's either picked off or it's caught. Yeah, I mean, so, none of I, I don't I don't put that one on him at all. Props to the Argos, four hundred and seventy-seven net yards in offense, mm-hmm. but they kind of let Montreal hang around because of their own doing, right? Uh, the Argos, fifteen penalties for one hundred and fifty-seven yards, where the Alouettes. Played clean football, on the other hand. Uh, four penalties for 35 yards. The Alouettes' big downfall was their uh, being in second and long all night. And mm-hmm. they, they were struggling converting those second downs. And that and was, given, and the big plays. Yeah. And, and that was the difference in the game here. But what a fun game to watch mm-hmm. in Montreal. Chad Kelly versus Cody Fajardo. Look, the Arcos, we've talked about it. 4-0. They... <laughs> they look poised to win that Eastern division. And actually so far, I, I think it was Dave Naylor that posted this on Twitter. The East division has a better collective record than the West right now, which thanks Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. They're helping everybody. That's a complete flip from what it feels like the mm-hmm. last half decade or so. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember two years ago when I went on that heater yep. in November and December? I think I'm back. Think Are of you? that. You're doing I good. Think, I, well, that that Toronto game. Bomber screwed kick, you up, though. I think that kick started. Well, last night was a little rough, <laughs> but I'm still at the table. I'm still at the table. <laughs> Friday night now. Friday Friday night was a seven hundred dollar profit night. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You're doing good. So don't leave the table on the heater. Did I cash <laughs> out? No. Did I wait for Thursday to make golf bets? No. I bet on five <laughs> baseball games today. Wow. Wow. Lost two of them already. <laughs> I, I think you're just providing evidence that the heater's over. <laughs> no, 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 because the Jays won. Okay, okay. So I still got two games left. I go three and two today, and it's still a winning record. <laughs> uh, Chad Kelly, uh, 21 to 25, 84% completion percentage, 351 yards passing. But that AJ Olette, an absolute mm-hmm. monster, 14 for 95. Including second that. best mullet in the country. Yeah. <laughs> Who's number one? You? 
including a 42-yard rumble. Uh, Curly Gittens Jr. had a big play of 42-yarder. He had 56 yards receiving. Ungerer, 4 for 4, 72 yards and 2 TDs. Coxie had 72 yards. 3.2 points. A monster. And DeVaris Daniels had 91 yards receiving. As for Montreal, hey, Cody Fajardo, 26 of 36, 281 yards, three TDs, two picks. Uh, their leading receiver was uh, Austin Mack, who had the 70 yards. Kayon Julian Grant had 64 yards. And maybe, yeah. I don't know, is this T- a... Tyler bar- Sneed with 48 yards, though, and three touchdowns, <laughs> three 25.8 points. Like, wow. lit it up. 100% even, catch rate, like, come yeah. off it. Even Courtney Davis had uh, himself uh, 44 yards in this one. So some more guys starting to establish themselves in that Alouette uh, offense. And now buckle up for this will probably be the best doubleheader of the season. Or the the worst, depending on (laughs) your decisions. The Ottawa (laughs) Red Blacks beating the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. 31-28 in overtime. Here's the deal. They were the, down 25-9 with three minutes left. Exactly. It felt like, I feel like we can kind of skip everything. Everything. 57 minutes of this game. Like the pick six, they score, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Winnipeg's going to get the ball back. They're going to run it out. Yep. You know, Audible will get the ball with 10 seconds left. Who cares? Yep. And then I don't, I get the coaching decision, but I don't. Because it's 18-3 at halftime for Winnipeg. Kind of what we expected, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Bombers were feeding it to Brady Oliveira, who did nothing. Nine carries, 16 yards. The CFL's leading rusher shut down by that Red Blacks defense, who seemed... To get every stronger. now and then, McDavid has a zero point night. That's true. <laughs> uh, every now and then, uh, yeah, like every twenty games. <laughs> Normally, a defense gets worn out as the game goes on. They if, got stronger. Yes, it was crazy to see. Like the, the, the working together as a unit. There was a. It was about the fourth quarter where, well, the Bombers got shut out. We know that. And mm-hmm. it was last year and the year before and maybe even the year before that. Fourth quarter is they would destroy teams. Exactly. Like, we didn't see this before. There were times when they're trying to hand the ball off in the backfield and the D linemen, the defenders were already, already there. there. Yeah. it's they. It was like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Oakland Raiders Super Bowl. Like... <laughs> Oh, when your when your center goes MIA for yeah. twenty four hours the day before the game, you have no idea where the, he is. Yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> no, and uh, you, the, and the Tampa Bay head coach knows your entire playbook. <laughs> now, Brady Oliveira, he did have ninety three yards receiving, so mm-hmm. that sixty three yard play really helped out his fantasy night. If you had him there. It kind of seemed like maybe the Bombers were missing Janarian Grant. I know that Greg McRae, uh, he's a burner, but part of returning is also that sure-handedness of being able to field the ball. And it didn't always feel it was as sure of a thing without Janarian Grant back there. Um, So it's 25-9 inside the three-minute warning. Now, I knew the score of this one before watching it. Mm-hmm. As I'm so watching, I'm like, when's this going to happen? When does this happen? Yeah. 
<laughs> so it's wild. The red black score. Both of these games are wild. They were. The red black score a field goal in the second quarter, in the third quarter, and then they put up 19 in the fourth and 16 of those inside of three minutes because their offense really wasn't able to get going much uh, in this one. It it didn't feel, well, (laughs) sometimes those bomber defenders, they timed the snap, and I don't know if it was because it was a young quarterback, Mm -hmm. they timed those snaps. Willie Jefferson, he's got seven sacks on the year now. That's some, that's also something you talk about as the defensive player nominee coming out of the West. Yeah, he is back. Like last year, I don't man, maybe it's because Jeff Code has been back more often. Their D tackles and, are a bit stronger, but Well, and they're lining Jefferson up at D tackle on the same side as Jeff Coat. Like, what are you supposed to do as a guard? Yep. yep. You're not used to seeing that that mm-hmm. kind of athletic, that kind of size and athleticism coming at you. When when and you've heard it before everybody's heard it before where Jefferson, he, he had himself a sack in this one. He had a knockdown when he's, I think he's talk about the knockdowns too with Winnipeg. I think he's five knockdowns and seven sacks. Like who does well, he had that? Four, he had four coming in. Yeah. And he had one in this one. He won on behind the, the team, one behind the team lead. This team is on pace to set the record for knockdowns. For past knockdowns. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. And then you have, Houston with, mm-hmm. was that his fourth pick or yeah. sixth pick? Fourth pick to go along with the forced fumbles and the fumble recoveries. You mm-hmm. have, you have uh, Betts in BC with the sacks. Like that defensive player nominee is becoming very crowded. Mm-hmm. It is. Because you can yep. only pick one. Mm-hmm. And you know, nobody from Edmonton is even getting looked at <laughs> unless Serezna goes off. That's very true. Uh, Adam Big Hill, two sacks. Isn't Mike, seven Mike, isn't Mike Awe leading the league in tackles? He's been monstrous, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> there were a few times when Adam Big Hill had a free shot at mm-hmm. the quarterback. Like, I felt like the turning point, <laughs> this was kind of a funny moment in the game where. It's short yardage for Ottawa and Willie Jefferson. Like, <laughs> he dives and is offside, and the whole stadium sees it. And it was yeah. even he was laughing about it. <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do? But then it was like Willie's laughing and laid back, and then all of a sudden, 10 mm-hmm. minutes later, it's oh, what no. happened? Yeah. <laughs> What a phenomenal end to that game because it's inside the three minutes and you did mention it. Zach Kolaros, he throws the pick six and then all of a sudden that defense is fired up again because when... That de- like that secondary for Ottawa. Ooh. Like they got playmakers back there and I think it gets slept on a little bit. I think the, the whole defense is getting huh. slept on because... No, no. Thorpe has that unit working Flying. together. Yeah, that 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 defensive line with Malden and um, I can't. I, I don't want to pronounce. No, I don't even want to try to pronounce the name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like the it, it's obviously Simone. Oh, Ty Eli or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, like those guys last night just seemed like world beaters. 
Yeah, even Wakefield was back Wakefield, there. Yeah, Wakefield plays. was all over the place too. Like it's if if they if they can rely on those three guys or that defensive line, those four guys to get pressure and drop eight back mm-hmm. the majority of the time, or maybe spy a little bit or have have the odd blitz every now and then, which they're gonna do. You have Dandridge and, and Abdul Kana back there, just for starters. Not including the other three guys that have showed up. Yeah. And it's it's not fun throwing against that secondary. It felt like the entire end of the fourth quarter was on Winnipeg's side of the field. Like mm-hmm. the, the, and and Ottawa had a few chances on third and goal where they, they couldn't quite get it until the pick six. And then they get the ball back with a minute and it became what? So <laughs> you've run the ball eight times and gotten fifteen yards. Or 16 yards. So it's second and long. I understand Ottawa doesn't have a timeout. I understand that. So this is second seven, Winnipeg, 25-17 for the Bombers, a minute 28 to go. Yeah. So you're going to give Ottawa the ball back with momentum with a minute left? Because you're not trying to get a first down running that ball with Oliveira. You're just trying to kill more clock. Right. Yeah. Why wouldn't you throw something? You don't even need the first down but you can throw a little crossing route or a comeback and get closer to a first down. Then you've got third and one mm-hmm. and then it makes sense. Yeah. And you, and you and you kill more time, but it, I, I didn't like that call. What about that? Uh, Nate Bahar show that starts with a minute to go. <laughs> Ottawa gets the ball on their own 16. With a minute to go, he hits Nate Bahar for five yards. Then he hits Jalen Acklin for 16 yards. Then he hits Bahar, seven yards. Bahar, seven yards. Uh, Hardy, 17 yards. Then he hits Bahar again, 25 yards, and he rushes it in. Now, last week, Dustin Crum tackled on the two, time expiring, game over. I thought that was going to happen again. It should have. He was not being. He was not getting denied again. Adam Big Hill, open field, <laughs> undresses him, touchdown crumb, and they still needed to get the two point. So who else? Nate Bahar. Tie Remember when game. I picked him? Remember when I picked him from most outstanding Canadian two years ago? Well, most outstanding. <laughs> well, actually, is Sneed for Montreal a Canadian? <laughs> he, didn't he play at Montreal? Isn't he a Caribbean? Oh, no, he's uh he went to school East Carolina. Oh, they're purple though. Gross. <laughs> I think they're purple and gold, much like the Barons. But it's just a terrible color combination. David Ungerer is uh he's got the Canadian status. Mm-hmm. Uh so he had the big game for the Argos, and then here, Nate Bahar, the big game for the Red Nate Black, Bahar had so. two two point conversions. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Like it started, I think, last year. They just started trusting him more and more. He became that. He became that Greg Ellingson, that yeah. second down, sure-handed guy. I think what's kind of crazy. I mean, Crum he did throw an interception in this mm-hmm. one, but for the most part, they kind of protected the ball until overtime, right? Yeah, or, but he also threw it forty-two times, like an interception. Yeah. On 42 pass attempts isn't terrible. Yeah, for a guy making his first career start. Mm-hmm. Um, so then in overtime, the, the Red Blacks defense taking all that momentum there. They uh, 
The, he hits Rashid Bailey for five yards, and then Kolaris gets sacked by Wakefield. There you Another go. drive that doesn't end in a touchdown. Yeah. Field goal, Bombers lead uh, in this game, 28-25. And then it took two plays for the Red Blacks. To ruin my Saturday. <laughs> Williams has the six-yard game. Dustin Crum. 29 yards for the walk-off win at TD Place. And, man, that's a, I almost had tears. I knew what happened. But Bob Dice, when he ran up, like, it felt yeah. like a movie. Like, seeing how excited he was, two home wins for the Ottawa Red Blacks in a row and one against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, something that I don't think anyone expected man no they were bombers were minus 450 425 when i took them <laughs> like them and the money was going there so that that would have been worse when it when it closed um you know the, the game like with three minutes left i was like okay on on to saskatchewan and calgary here like my parlay is in good shape i usually don't parlay but the odds were just too bad to put i wasn't putting 425 dollars on winnipeg to win 100 bucks Thank yeah, God yeah. I didn't. <laughs> so I parlayed with the riders at minus one and a half. So I got screwed there too. But it's just like Winnipeg had this game in hand. And I don't, I don't want to say they got out coached, but just I didn't like that run play. Mm. That's the only thing I didn't like about that drive. And I, these things happen, but, uh, Ottawa, they and I think the teams are pretty even here because Dustin Crum, I think it was Scarver that they had him wide open on a mm-hmm. deep play in the first half and he dropped the yeah. ball. Well, in the second half, Dalton Schoen had the ball on his hands and it hit the carpet. It went both ways, so it's not like Ottawa got the deep play and Winnipeg didn't. But if Winnipeg gets that deep play, like mm-hmm. we've seen so many times from number 83, that that comeback doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, three scores, even, even a field goal at some point for Winnipeg puts that game out of reach, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. It was a perfect storm for the Red Blacks to come back in that one. Uh, for the Bombers. Speaking of the perfect storm. That might, I think, I believe that's the only movie where Mark Wahlberg has died, but he didn't actually die on screen. Like it just went black, right? He's just kind of around the water, kind of thing, yeah. But he refuses to die on screen. He doesn't want his, he doesn't want his kids to see that. Little little fun fact. Look at Hollywood trivia. Uh, we might be watching a lot of older movies and reruns with this strike going on. So it's uh... <laughs> well, after after the Dash for Cash night, there's like no one doing TV. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching Seinfeld, like and oh, and Home Improvement. Oh, what else do you need? Uh, <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. Uh, Zach Kolaris, sixty nine percent completion percentage. Oh, nice. Twenty two of thirty two, three hundred fifty four yards, two TDs, and a costly interception. Uh, Nick Dembski had seventy nine yards receiving and a touchdown in a pretty tight window. Five catches for mm-hmm. him. Drew Wolitarski, a touchdown for him. Uh, four catches and seventy yards. But you look at the targets 
for Mr. Nate Bahar, Ty. 14 targets, 10 catches, 87 yards in a way that sort of became their running game because mm-hmm. uh, they only had... Uh, how many How many of those were over seven yards? Yeah, exactly. Eight carries for Devontae Williams, uh, four and a half yards as he makes mm-hmm. his return uh, to the lineup. But it was those uh, two-point conversions for uh, <laughs> Mr. Nate Bahar. Two Can of we- them? Wow. Um, so the official stat sheet, here we go again, 74 yards for Dustin Crum. What did on, he actually have? On the CFL website, like on the on the stats, if you go to Game Tracker, yeah. 103. That is what the Red Blacks tweeted out that he had was 103. I used 74, so I guarantee you my stats for this entire year are, thank you, CFL and Genius Sports. It's got to be the 74, right? I think it's 103. Really? I believe so. How are you off by 30 yards? Because they are terrible at their job. Like, if Ottawa is tweeting that out, I believe the team tweeted out that stat that he had 103. I'm... I don't know. I'd, I would have to go back and look at it. I would have to go through the play sheet, and that's which the I'm thing. going to do, obviously, because I'm yeah. a loser. <laughs> and I'm pissed off, but I don't that, want to have to do it. That's the thing with the CFL, too. Like, there, there's so many things holding it back, and the only thing that's propping it up is the game. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, they're little things. Well, it feels little. I, I don't know what's going on with these stats, man. I We're... If every week it seems we get a, a fifth email yeah. with a with a, a redo. They're saying it's a quarter of a way through the season. Um, it seems like so far we've just passed the quarter mark, but uh, this these stat sheets seems to be the most accurate ones. So those are the ones we go off of mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, sometimes the, the discrepancy between the stat sheet. The website. And That's the what I can't figure game. out. Like, are there two like, different people? Do- where, where? If Genius Sports is doing both, which I, I thought they were, because aren't they? They're doing stats for the league. Are they You'd not? Think they'd be the same. I know they got stats spot, spotters in every stadium. I don't think those yeah. are uh, Genius Sports. Genius. So. Yeah. So the fantasy game is getting different numbers, and the stat sheets get being sent out. Like, it's an absolute dumpster fire right now. Yeah. And like, so if it comes out like in two weeks, oh yeah, we were wrong. It was 103. Do you go back and change fantasy scores now? I doubt it. Like maybe they do, but. It wouldn't surprise me. Dustin Crumb leading the Ottawa Red Blacks. To, and the celebration around him, Bob, like that is, that's Hollywood mm-hmm. stuff, man. That and was the thing is, it's incredible. not like it's a championship game, like. This yeah. is a team that is not playing very well. Like they got lucky in the last three minutes of a football game, <laughs> right? And that like it's like Friday Night Lights, yeah, the movie yeah. where they don't win at the end, right? Right. Right. They don't win state. Every mm-hmm. movie you win state. Mm-hmm. So that's always nice to see. Like you know, just a little bit of a heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Build on that uh, for the Red Blacks as. <laughs> Man, the two and three Red Blacks taking on the two and three Stampeders. 
Sunday at McMahon Stadium. That, Crossover that's, implications. That's an intriguing game, man. And we're in July. Speaking of those Stampeders, their best offensive game of the season in Regina as they beat the Riders 33-31. And the Stampeders needed their offensive going because while the Riders still, didn't have... Still down a point in the season in the series, though. They are. Which... <laughs> <laughs> this was big for the Riders. If they hung on to win that they would have had the season series of Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, yeah. Sheldon bringing that up on uh, Wednesday's Wednesday. show. Like, <laughs> now it comes down to To October. have those tied down this early in the year would yeah. have been huge. Yeah, kind of like we're used to with mm-hmm. uh, these two teams coming down to the end of the year. But uh, I don't know if it's the brother thing, what's going on. But these two teams going to overtime last last. uh uh, the time ago? they played, and or now three weeks ago, now this time, <laughs> twenty-seven points in the fourth quarter between the two. Uh, <laughs> going into halftime, the Stamps had a twenty to ten lead, and the I writer... said lots of football left. We were watching it. We went out for supper to watch it. Oh yeah, God, there's lots of football left. I was mainly just trying to talk myself out of just going home mm-hmm. or back to camp because of my bet. I'm like, nah, like we'll come back. <laughs> The Ryder offense didn't have anything going, man. No. They well until later in the game, mm-hmm. uh, but until the injury, which we'll talk about, there was not much to be celebrated with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offense here. The only thing to be celebrated for Saskatchewan was Super Mario with those two too returns. Too bad half of it doesn't matter. That's. I do not understand, like, the new CFL game, I understand they made some changes, whatever. But why would you take scoring away? So They still get credited for the yards? No, just the touchdowns. No yards, just the touchdowns. Yep. So there's no point in taking returners. So Mario Alford has 184 yards in punt returns. Which, to be fair, would only be... Another eight and a half points. That's still... Which would put him over 20. Yeah. Uh, but he also had another 53 yards in kick returns. So he had... Oh, well, it's twenty. It's a point per 25 yards. 237 return yards, two so, yeah. touchdowns. But it had like 9.3 plus is 12. Like, you're at 21. Easily. Like, let's be real. If there is no return touchdowns from Super Mario, we're not talking about how great this game is because no. uh, Trevor Harris got hit a lot. And the the defensive line for Calgary was on top of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on that side of the ball, the trench battle went Calgary's way early and often. And Saskatchewan, they didn't have too many answers for that, Ty. No, you know... As two guys that watched Cody Vajardo get beat up endlessly last year, and it's happening again to him. Um, as Ryder fans, they get Trevor Harris, and we're like, well, he gets the ball up fast. It'll help hide some warts on the offensive line. And through the first couple of weeks, it seemed okay. But now and they've now, lost some of their projected starters. And, and that's, yeah, they, they weren't set up for injury you know, depth wise and, and it's starting to rear its ugly head. Now it's that swing in the saloon door again. It feels like, I mean, would they have seven sacks last night? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's too many. 
it's too many. And, you know, maybe, maybe they need to bring in a guy like Bo Bichette or a guy like Kevin Kiermaier to teach people how to slide. Mm. And, and that might help some other issues that this team has, because that's getting on my nerves too. You know, uh, Trevor Harris, uh, he's not known as a running quarterback, but at times this year, he was kind of forced into being a running quarterback if he wanted to get the yards Mm -hmm. that needed to be achieved to move the team along and win games and get yards. And uh, he goes for a run in the fourth quarter. And, uh, man, just an awkward tackle. And kind of Derek Wigan, and he feels terrible. They showed him on the TV. But also, if you're Trevor Harris, like I know, you have you can't you've got to give yourself up. Man, that's tough to see. Uh, yeah. And th- and right right after that happened, so one TV had the Ryder game, the other TV had UFC. There was a women's a women's match, and a single leg takedown, and she landed with her arm backwards. Remember how Cragness landed at oh, the ski trip in grade man. nine? Yeah, yeah, her elbow went the complete wrong way. So it was like, boom, boom. And it was, the whole bar was like, oh my God. Like they were both just absolutely awful. I don't know if I've seen a, an ovation for an injured player like that. Like the way the Ryder fans mm-hmm. were giving it to Harris. He was, he had his face in the towel. He was upset. The whole team huddling around. He gets carted off and uh, the Ryder's already announcing that he has sustained a tibial plateau fracture in his right knee. Do I know what that means? No, but it doesn't sound good. I looked it up. Oh, okay. So he broke it at the top. Okay. And so it also, like, I don't, it doesn't necessarily mean that he tore, but he damaged the ligaments in his knee as well. Right. Because it was so close to the plateau oh, at the top, okay. right? Yeah. So he broke it at the top of the bone, closer to the kneecap, and it damaged the ligaments as well. Yeah. So now he's got to heal that. He's got to rehab ligaments. But with time off, like they might heal as well. It just depends on the severity. Yeah. Well, they, they said they haven't uh, ruled out a return. Which, but they said he's going to undergo surgery. So anytime you have a surgery for anything, that's going to be. <laughs> yeah. How was our last year, babe? I know exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, of course, we wish the best to Trevor Harris at this stage of his career. It's terrible to that see. That sucks, like, yeah. And, and age does not help the recovery process. No, and he was playing some of the best football at quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. To see another quarterback go go down, I understand it's been an issue in the CFL, but when these guys are getting hurt, that doesn't help the, the process no. at all. Uh, the writer's already announcing that moving forward, Mason Fine will be uh, – their starting quarterback, which uh, good on them for getting ahead of the stuff. Yeah, better and, than uh, last year. Yeah, exactly. But, but you look, you mentioned quarterbacks. You look at it now. There's five starters left from opening day. Wow! 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 And like, so you have Fern Adams, Jake Mayer, Cornelius. I, I'm not counting them because we don't know what the hell's happening there. Kalaros, Kelly, and Fajardo. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I like think Kelly and Fajardo, there was some trepidation about both yeah. of them. <laughs> when we're we're one injury away from losing over 50% of the starters from opening week, and it's week six. Absolutely wild. Well, and I don't know. Did we count and, and then the... Pe- 
And then people on Twitter are saying Edmonton should be selling the farm for Dane Evans. To do what? Come in and play exactly like Taylor Cornelius is already playing? Because that's what's going to happen. I'm a Trey Ford guy. I, I just remember last year all the excitement about Canadian quarterbacks, and Rourke mm-hmm. was a big part of it. Yeah, but the, they also had O'Connor and BC, who doesn't Tommy have Stevens. a job right now. Uh, I believe Tommy Stevens is Canadian. I don't think he is. Mm. Uh, but you looked that up in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, Trey Ford. Maybe I'm and, thinking O'Connor. And Trey Ford maybe doesn't have the accuracy or the arm for a CFL field. Maybe he doesn't. But fans want to see him play, you know? And at some point in Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. had the number two job last year. He got a win last year. Maybe he's like a Dustin Crumb where he just, just gets... needs a chance. Yes. And I don't know if they're going to give that to him. And I don't look, I don't know what they're seeing in practice. And at the same time, is it a situation for him to succeed in? Because you mentioned it earlier, this could ruin Cornelius. Could it ruin the other guys playing quarterback? Absolutely. Well, that's tough. That's really and I just want to see the athleticism of Trey Ford. Mm-hmm. At least they need to give it to somebody to to run with it, uh, Cornelius or not, and just yeah. to see what happens in Edmonton. But it does appear Saskatchewan's given the reins to Mason fine, and it did work out fine for them uh, the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I made a dad joke yesterday too. It was real bad. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> in uh, in this one because he comes in and I, I see where I went into the Winnipeg Ottawa game. I knew what the score was, and this one I didn't. So I'm kind oh, of. Oh, you went in blind. I did. So you were just you were heartbroken at this point. I did. I I, I was kind of kind of pouting a little bit and like, ah, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> and I don't pout. I'm not moody at all. Yeah. Um, so Trevor Harris gets hurt. And then uh, Shea Patterson has an incomplete pass. He stayed in after short yardage, after the injury. Mason Fine completes a pass, but this is 20 to 17 Stampeders, 250 left in the game, I believe. And Brett Lawther, they try the 54-yarder, which is always a danger. Mm-hmm. It is always a danger. And I don't know, did that display a lack of confidence in the rider defense? To And <laughs> from what we saw them the rest of the way, maybe that was the smart yeah. move that uh, they wouldn't be able to stop the uh, Jake Mayer aerial attack, which he has had the best game of his season mm-hmm. in this game, misses the 54-yarder, and then Barnes returns it 86 yards to the rider 24. And who's in on the tackle? That nails his own player in the head with his helmet? <laughs> Brett Lowther. What was that? I am shocked. Was it that play? Or the kickoff, where he didn't get a uh, penalty. He comes yeah. in late, and uh, I don't but know. He, he hit his own guy. Yeah. I, I'd have to, I guess, rewatch watch that. Play. on that kickoff, I'm like, okay, well, they, he can get a rouge. Yeah. Right? It's been done, and then he kicks it to the 15. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, good. Yeah. Um, so then the Stamps take advantage of that and uh, score a touchdown. 
And mm-hmm. next thing we know, it's 27-17, Stampeders. Five minutes left to go in the game. But then Mason Fine looks really good. Uh, he hits uh, Sean Bain Jr. Well, he, he missed the play with him. He ended up rushing for mm-hmm. 24 yards. And then he ends up hitting Jamal Morrow for another 24. He hits Mitch Picton for 15. Then he hits Jamal Morrow for the touchdown. And there was a bit of a scuffle on that one that resulted in some penalties there. So it's 27-24 Stampeders at that point. And then the, the, the Ryder defense can't limit the Stampeder offense, that big play. Like, I don't know how you leave Reggie Bagleton. Reggie Bagleton, of all people. Wide open. He gets 39 yards, so that puts them into field goal range. 30-24 Calgary. (laughs) And then the play. (laughs) So It's like our goal in grade 12. Let me... The goal. Let me paint the picture. I didn't okay. spent the day in Calgary. Do do your best Vin Scully here. So I, I just crushed a burger, some fries, some beers, some Coke, a foot-long hot dog, some foot-long fries. We end up hitting crumble cookies. And I'm painting That's myself very, in a lit, really bad Literally life. the last minute for crumble cookies. They close at midnight. Uh, we get in at 11.58. We get the four-pack of cookies. There's still some left, so I wasn't that far above my daily calorie intake. Yeah, only like 3,000 calories. But my sodium, Over. that's another story. <laughs> Did you eat, like, the bun alone on that <laughs> on that hot dog would have been three days worth of sodium. Because it was definitely white bread. I'm pretty thirsty today, brother. Weird. Uh, <laughs> So then I get home. It's one thirty. Belts Please undone. Please tell you ate more. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. I had a few bites of cookie, but <laughs> that doesn't even count. <laughs> the belts undone. Watching this game first because I didn't know the shirt score. on or off. Actually, off because okay, Dell. Be- because I caused <laughs> a uh, scene on the midway when we buy these sixteen dollar foot long fries and. <laughs> I grab on? one, it breaks off, and Taylor's like, you just wasted like a loony. And everybody's <laughs> staring at me. I grab the next fry, it breaks off on my shirt. So I got garlic and palm smeared in my beard and my shirt. <laughs> so, yeah, when I get home, shirt off, belt undone. Watching the game. I've seen that movie before at your parents' house. <laughs> Mason Fine, it's third and 23. It gets deflected. 69-yard play. Tevin Jones takes it to the house. 48 seconds to go. Riders lead 31-30. I jump up. My shorts are around my ankles because of the undone belt. I almost go head over heels through the coffee table. <laughs> And this is three in the morning. And you're married. <laughs> I don't you're know. Somebody's how, husband. I don't know how there wasn't a noise complaint uh, from our neighbors in the condo. <laughs> but 
They just assumed Taylor was killing you and they just let it happen. <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> in a perfect world, Tevin Jones pulls a Willie Jefferson and runs along the goal line and eats the clock, but you got to take the touchdown, right? Yeah. Like you don't even want to drop down at the one. You don't want to pull a Brian, yeah. a Brian Westbrook. Like you're not, you're not in the lead. Yeah. You have to score that. Yeah. And I even said, like, there's a lot of time left here because Calgary had looked really good and, and Skatron didn't have an answer for, mm-hmm. for, for the passing game. Yeah. They start <clears throat> at the 37. Mayer hits Haka Navanu for 22 yards. Uh, he hits Odom's Dukes for another eight yards. And Renee Paredes uh, hits the 50 yarder as the Stampeders win 33 31. Without a doubt. Like, yeah. That would have been good from a long, from a lot longer. What a finish to a roller coaster <laughs> uh, week six in the Canadian Football League, and the players in this game put on uh, a show. Tommy Lee Lewis uh, making his CFL debut scores a touchdown for the Stampeders. Thought he scored another one. The unnecessary illegal block. Mm-hmm. shoved from behind where he probably wouldn't even have touched Tommy How Lee Lewis. How many times does that happen, though? Exactly. Because the dancing he did to score that, mm-hmm. I would have been rattled if I was him, too. <laughs> like, I know we call wide receivers divas, but sometimes yeah. sometimes like, they got to lose it. <laughs> 26 of 37 for Jake Mayer, 315 yards. There was the one interception. Probably not the best decision to throw that ball, although the uh, defender that had the best shot at it is not the one that intercepted one that it ball. off. <laughs> yeah. But he had uh, two touchdowns, and that was the thing. The, the Riders, uh, Hawken Avanu comes in, five catches, 94 yards. He had a 48-yard play here. Bagleton had 92 yards himself. Mark and Michelle, four for 33. Uh, Clark Barnes, five for 34. Big in the return game. Uh, Odom's Dukes, five for uh, 32 here. I I feel like uh, Stamps fans feeling a lot better about their team after watching this one because a lot of times even... uh, I talked about Willie Jefferson being fast off the line. Pete Robertson had a play in this one where (laughs) it was like he rocketed off the line. How he wasn't offside. Like the way, how quick he was. Like, no way he's not offside. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. And let's face it, the Ryder offense uh, through three and a half quarters, uh, Trevor Harris had 115 yards. Mm-hmm. Mason Fine on six completions at 116 yards and two touchdowns, two touchdowns. including the miracle touchdown. <laughs> More than doubled Harris's fantasy output. <laughs> yeah, but that's insane. Tevin Jones, 84 yards, uh, a touchdown. Sean Bain uh, slowing down. They didn't get him going until about the fourth, it yeah. looked like. Uh, three for 23. But Jamal Morrow, 63 yards in the receiving game. And uh, Kendall Watson had 43 yards in the receiving game as well. And that, I mean, that second return from Mario Alford, Frankie Hickson was already celebrating that one with him uh, down the field. That was... So we didn't have audio at the bar because the UFC okay. was on. Yeah. Do... Did somebody win or no? Is it, it got to be two kickoff returns or is it just two kick returns? Oh, it's got to be uh, kickoffs. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. 
Nobody, nobody won the million bucks. Gypped. <laughs> That's worse. That is worse than um, <laughs> the penalty that took the one away a couple years ago. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, Nick Marshall, I, I thought he played a good game. He didn't really get burned. And the big <laughs> hit he laid. Uh, th- this was just a fun, darn game to watch. And that yeah. when these two teams play later in the year. But, like, remember when Calgary would worry us? Yeah. Like, we could win this game. We could also lose by three scores. Yeah, that's true. Right, they're kind of on the same level now. I mean, both. It was like if Saskatchewan wins, it's like barely. But if yeah. Calgary, Calgary the wins, they're covering. They're yeah. covering the entire season series. Yeah. <laughs> in one game, um, Julian Hauser, two sacks in this one. Uh, Mike Rose had two sacks. James Vodders, two sacks. Allway with like a hundred tackles, probably. Yeah, yeah. he had. Uh, I guess ten. One was on special teams. Yeah. But he was Still. all over the place. Yeah, Cam Judge had uh, had a sack in this one as well. The leading tackler for the Riders was actually Pete Robertson. Uh, the one sack there as well. And uh, I guess a shout out to uh, uh, D- Diedrich Mills for the Stampeders. They didn't get him too involved. The Riders limited him a little bit here. He only had 36 yards and 11 uh, carries. He did have the touchdown there. Uh, Jamal Morrow, nine mm-hmm. for 37. So the running backs didn't really have big oh. games at Mosaic. Not in the running game, but Morrow ended up at 24 fantasy points. Because of his receiving. His receiving eight, eight catches. catches. So he That's 14.3 points just, or no, 14, 20.3 points just receiving. Wow. Right? Because it's 63 yards, there's your 6.3. Yeah. Eight catches is 14.3. <laughs> and six points for the touchdown. Wow. What a fun game with uh, these two teams, and uh, what a fun week six, just when we thought everything sucked. Well, <laughs> it was my first week back at work. It's not like it was all good. Yeah, it's not like it was all good. Uh, next week, we have Edmonton in Winnipeg, Toronto in Hamilton, Saskatchewan in BC, Ottawa in Calgary. That's week seven in the CFL. Ty, uh, fantasy leaders... As it stands right now, which could change in 48 to 72 hours or maybe even 10 minutes or, from now. Yeah, well, it, I did stats at 1 in the morning, so. Yeah, I don't, that's all right. Let's, <laughs> might have, I had to scramble this afternoon because I didn't hit save at one point. Yeah. Uh, so quarterbacks, Chad Kelly, Dustin Crum, Cody Fajardo, Kalaros, and Mayer. Uh, Mason Fine was the sixth best. Like, he was better than Jarrett Tagey. And Taylor Cornelius, wow. which I mean, Edmonton didn't have that great of a passing attack. Yeah. After a while, like they had, they put up numbers, but I mean, just the way the time got split up yep. between those two quarterbacks, they didn't really get a lot. Uh, Butler, Morrow, Kevin Brown, Brady Oliveira, and William Stanback round out the top five. Butler and Morrow. Uh, Butler had 25.7, Morrow had 24. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had a, if you could find a way to get those guys in, which You're at the price they were at, It'd be tough. Uh, Sneed, 25.8. Unger, 23.2. Bahar, 22.7. You could have had those three guys. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Luther at 20.4. Kyron Moore, 20.1. Dembski at 19.3. Wow. So Dembski's probably the most expensive guy on that list. And what was he? Number five. Number six. Number six. And then See, it was Stephen Dunbar Jr., Tevin Jones. At 17.4, DeMonte Coxie at 17.2, Olatarski at 17. Sometimes spending all that money, it does nothing. 
Let's tell me uh, about it. Put it that way. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> Congratulations to Andrew of the Turf District. He got the win in uh, the CFL Podcast That's Fantasy League this week. Seems to be all Edmonton can win right now. <laughs> yeah. he, I think he himself, he's had a pretty rough start, but he's turning it around. I'm the opposite. Started well and uh, just completely falling apart. You can <laughs> rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your uh, favorite podcatcher. You can like and comment on YouTube as well. A shout out to our patrons, uh, Dwayne Burke, Nick Jordan, Kirsten Haggerty, Chris Harold for showing up and getting early access to these shows. You'll get them earlier than anyone. Uh, Patreon.com slash Two and Out CFL podcast. Still no Janice Deans, hey? No, your mom's not on there, man. Hmm. Just <laughs> just hoarding all of her money. I'm not going to see a dime. <laughs> uh, I will talk to you uh, later this week to get you ready for week seven. Brazilian Ty will be back next week to recap what we yeah, hope is going I, to be another great week I of have CFL to go, football. I have to go to work on Wednesdays. Yeah. I and do. we played a game There's of chick. Well, yeah, we played a game of chicken and you quit first. Oh, yeah, we were recording. <laughs> but now I usually stay up till about six. So and what are we doing? <laughs> and I have I have Starlink. I'm getting like 78 mil- megabytes per second in the work truck. Don't you like watch Netflix in the work truck? No. Can't you record a show? <laughs> I do work. Yes. If your bosses are listening, Ty is the hardest working man that you would Some days I'm hard at work. (laughs) We'll talk to you next week. I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll have something for you on To It Out. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.